Our scripture this morning for the message comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 27 to 31. <clears throat> and he's, uh, our Lord is speaking to his people uh, who are in uh, exile, who are captive uh, to a conquering nation. And this is what he says. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's the new year, and I'm not sure if you feel this way, but I wonder, uh, the new year often, maybe even always, never quite feels all that renewing. Uh, part of that, of course, is that we are just getting through the holidays, and those are full of stress and busyness. Um, uh, we just finished those, and so most people, whether you have small kids like my family does or not, uh, we'd all appreciate sort of an extra week or two just to recover from the holidays, uh, from the previous month's overloaded schedule of social and, and family and baking and presents, all of those obligations. It'd be nice to have a week or two of recovery. Uh, we just started school again in our house, and, uh, uh, you know, that was one of the first things that both Katie and the girls said. We said, couldn't we just have a few weeks to just rest and get back to normal? Um, most of us don't feel prepared for a new year with new challenges because most of us just sort of stumbled across the finish line of the last year, a little bit exhausted. Holidays and vacations always hold that promise. They always promise to recharge and to restore and to renew our physical and our mental and spiritual batteries. But whatever fleeting refreshment we do find is, is quickly undone by the pace and busyness of our normal modern lives. In this world, everything keeps going fast and getting faster, which prevents us from pausing and seeking, much less finding the kind of deep rest and renewal that our souls so desperately crave. Our busy seasons uh, fill our calendars, uh, commanding more of our time and energy, leaving us continually busy and always tired. You probably know the feeling I'm talking about, even if your schedule is vastly different than your neighbor's. We all try to find healthy rhythms that bring life. But the frantic pace of this world leaves our souls, our minds, our bodies, our hearts, and our families weary, tired. We all have typical responsibilities of home 
and family. We all need to make sure that everybody's fed and clean and safe, that if you have kids, their homework is done, that they are doing all they're supposed to do, that the house is clean, that dinner's ready, and so on. Then we add everything we're involved with outside the home. Uh, on top of work, if we're working, uh, you know, getting together with friends um, it can cheer us up, but it doesn't really relieve our overburdened calendar. We want our children and grandchildren to know we support them, so we go to the concerts and games to cheer and enjoy their success, but uh, that doesn't exactly give us complete renewal or rest especially when we're in the car, just to get to those places. Even church activities can be reduced to just another thing to check off the list when we are too tired. In our society, we rush and we move and we rarely sit still. When deliberate moments of rest are far and few between, we tend to believe that a vacation or a break from our routines, like the holidays, are all we need to get back on our feet. And sometimes a trip to the beach or Christmas or Easter uh, does that. But what little amount of renewal we find can never compete with the overwhelming feeling we have. Deep down, we know that moments of rest aren't enough to keep us going. And so when Christmas break or vacation ends, we resign ourselves to exhaustion. Writer Anne Voskamp describes that kind of life in this way. By default, most of us have taken the dare to simply survive, exist, get through. For the most part, we live numb to life. We've grown weary and apathetic and jaded and wounded. That's not what God offers Sometimes we're tempted to look at our lives and think, if I could just cut something out, then life would be better. If I could catch a moment of quiet, I wouldn't be so worn out. If I could just do this one thing, I'll regain that spring in my step. But as believers, we know that our weariness has a deeper cause. Even if we cut everything in our schedule down to the minimum, if we burned our calendars, our weariness would remain. The root of our weariness isn't that we are too busy, but that we try to walk through this life alone without the help and guidance of our good Father, who not only knows what we need, but stands ready to renew and restore us the very moment we turn to Him for help. We are weary not because we're too busy, but because we are not connected and the way that we should be, to the one who can restore and renew us inside and out. Now, in our passage today, the prophet Isaiah uses one Hebrew word to remind us both of humanity's ultimate weakness, but also where we find our hope. The Hebrew word is ya'af, which at its most basic means tired, weary, or liable to faint. So we're not talking about just, you know, that was, a, that was a long afternoon of working in the yard. It was a long afternoon of working in the yard, and I'm about to fall down. That's the kind of weariness uh, he, he talked, this word implies. In verses 29 and 30, Isaiah uses this word to describe those who have been overcome by the world around them. 
Now, again, this makes sense. We've spent some time in Isaiah in Advent, uh, but Isaiah had come to the people of Israel as their world uh, had fallen apart. Having turned away from God and who established and sustained their kingdom, the Israelites had for years been running the nation on their own. They had cut God out of their decision-making, cut God out of their life. Instead of following the law that had been given by Moses and modeled by David, the people created their own idea of justice and morality. Instead of listening to the warnings about being led astray by other nations and dead idols, about the consequences of what would happen if they did turn from their Lord, the people relied on their own shrewdness, on their own intelligence, on their own insight, rather than relying on the infinite resources of a loving and powerful God who had repeatedly said in their past, even in their present, that he wanted to be there with him. They sought protection in their own ideas of strength and power. And much to their surprise, everything they tried on their own made life not better, but worse. Their prestige and influence fell as their sin and ignorance increased, so much so that they were soon attacked and conquered by their bigger neighbor, Babylon. As expected, the Israelites were having a hard time coping with such a traumatic shift in their lives. Again, put yourself in their shoes. Your entire world crumbles. Another nation comes and takes over and sends you away from your home. Facing such a shock, the people of Israel were not just tired, uh, they were overcome by the world around them. Every ounce of strength had been drained as their armies fell, as their homes burned, as they were marched from the promised land away into slavery. Every sliver of optimism had been stolen by the Babylonians. As they saw it, everything was lost. They had no resources left. Their spirits had been crushed. But the crisis they faced had begun actually much earlier. Because again, for a very long time, the Israelites had tried to manage life on their own. Apart from the direction and presence of their Lord. But when they stepped away from that relationship, they cut their connection to the only thing that gave their life meaning and purpose. They were like an astronaut on a spacewalk, thinking that he would be fine on his own and cuts his lifeline, losing, their connection, losing his connection to what brought him life. They did that. And their own choices when they turn from God. When we separate ourselves from God too, we separate ourselves from everything that makes this life worthwhile or bearable. We find no comfort when we suffer, no encouragement when we despair, no hope when we are crushed. We find fleeting glimpses of those things, but nothing that can sustain us, nothing that can push us up against the crushing weight of this chaotic world. 
Instead of renewal, we only find a heavy burden that we cannot carry alone. Johnny Cash uh, sums up the human condition in his song, Help Me, which is basically a prayer in itself. I'm not going to sing it because I don't sound anything like Johnny Cash. (laughs) But it's good to listen to, and he is honest. He had a hard life, and he's honest about what he can and cannot do. And he sings this, Oh, Lord, help me to walk. Another mile, just one more mile, I'm tired of walking alone. And Lord, help me to smile, another smile, just one more smile. I don't think I can do things on my own. I never thought I needed help before. I thought that I could get by by myself. Now I know I just can't take it anymore. With a humble heart on bended knee, I'm begging you, please, for help. See, he understood the despair that comes from trying to walk through this world alone. Walk through this world alone. When we try to take on and carry the suffering of the hard things of this world, of those unexpected moments of suffering or tragedy, we find ourselves crushed. But our God never leaves his children in that despair. For Israel, their God sent Isaiah to offer a world a word of hope. So using the same word for weary, Isaiah, uh, the Lord adds a simple negative prefix and uses it to describe the kind of renewal available to the children of God. So if you're reading in this in the Hebrew, you will see the word ya'af and then you will see uh, sort of not ya'af, if that makes sense. Gently, Isaiah reminds them that the Lord who loves them is never weary, never tired, and is always watching out for them. In fact, the same God who is looking after them and us is the same Lord who created the earth and sustains it, who watches over the earth. And unlike them and us, God is never weary and never faints. He never gets tired. He never sleeps. And he is always ready to help. But best of all, this Lord of unimaginable glory and love is willing to share his own strength and power with his children anytime they ask. In the depths of their exhaustion and weariness, Their very reason for existence rests on nothing else but the presence of their Lord. On their own, they could not bear what was happening to them, but with God, they could. And they wouldn't just survive, but they would be connected to life itself, eternal life. Scottish pastor George MacDonald writes, It is vain to think that any weariness, however caused, any burden, however slight, may be got rid of otherwise than by bowing the neck to the yoke of the Father's will. There can be no other rest for heart and soul than that which he has created for his children. From every burden, from every anxiety, from all dread of shame or loss, even loss of life and love itself, that yoke alone, the one relationship offered freely to us And Christ the Son will set us free. God's promise in Isaiah is even more comprehensive than we imagine because our Lord does not just offer us limited 
moments of refreshment to help us along our way. The grace of God isn't just water stations along the route of a marathon or a good night's rest every now and then. In verse 31, the Hebrew word for strength is used twice, one right after another to convey a one-for-one exchange, a free gift that God gives to his people. Isaiah says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's not just their own strength that they are receiving. It is the strength of the Lord's. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What Isaiah tells a defeated nation, slaves in bondage defies logic. They have no power of their own. Their entire existence makes their souls weary beyond the point of despair. But Yahweh promises to renew their strength so thoroughly they will be lifted above everything that weighs them down. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and they won't faint. Our God isn't saying that they'll manage their weariness. He is saying that they shall overcome it with his help. And that is something we cannot do on our own. Our God offers to take our weakness and replace it with his strength. Our finite inability with his infinite capability. That is the rate of exchange when we turn our hearts to the Lord. Jesus died so that dead men and women might live, that those weary of trying to live life on their own might be connected to the limitless renewal of an infinite God. This promise, of course, seems beyond us, almost too good to be true, but Jesus extends this promise to all who believe the moment he died and unleashed the Holy Spirit to live in each of us. Church, the promise of renewal never fades because the God who never wearies in helping us lives within us. The renewal offered is so much more than a simple filling up of the tank. It is a transformation. It is a connection that never fades. The renewal we find in Jesus isn't designed just so we can get through our own lives with more energy or jump back into all of the busyness using the same methods and intentions as before. The renewal we find in Christ is designed to make us more like Jesus. In him, we find a new way of looking and interacting with the world because we know that we don't walk through this world alone. The birth of Jesus confirms that God is always, always ready to lead us, always ready to help us and fill us with the blessings of his presence, fashioning in us the virtues of his kingdom. When we come to Jesus for renewal, we are filled with the resources of an unlimited God. We are filled with eternal life. And when we are renewed, we are enabled to apply everything we found in Jesus Christ back into our daily lives and routines. 
Jesus flips our entire world upside down so that we are not overburdened, that we can rise above it. And when we are renewed, we, are, we learn how to truly live. We aren't just given tools to battle the weariness of the world. We are transformed into new creations that rise above it. This is the promise of the gospel for all of us, that we are renewed in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.